0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome armor insiders. Somebody tell me if this thing is working. Knock, knock, knock. Having a little technical difficulty. Anybody can give me a little heads up out there and I appreciate it. Um, Just give me a little quick message on the chat board that you guys are seeing what I'm saying. All right. I'm going to assume it's a go. So let's start with this. This is the armor report. Um, I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. It's where we follow the rules of quantitative um, execution with a fundamental foundation. We call it quantum mental investing. Thank you, Erez, for telling me it's working. Great. So um, we bring this information to you every weekend. We do it all the time on this channel. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here. Guys, this was an interesting week. What we're going to get to today is the week in review, as always on Saturday. We're going to talk about the stock market direction. This is a mechanical bull market. We're going to go over why it continues to grind higher. Okay, We're going to address the precious metals market. Okay, It continues to advance at an aggressive rate, and we think that's going to accelerate. So I'm going to share some thoughts with you on that. And through all of this, we're going to go over some chart patterns. I want to share with you really the breakdown of why we continue to generate alpha at the Armour Report. So I'm going to get to all those things. And of course, at the end, I'll share with you um, questions and answers. So uh, you guys can fill up that chat board. And at the end, I'll just start going through it like I always do. So without further ado, a couple of ground rules. Don't forget, if you enjoyed this conversation, give me a thumbs up. You can always subscribe right down here to both this channel Okay, And the Armour Report, which is a a website I created for you all so we could do a deeper dive into what we discuss uh, on the YouTube channel each week. So you can subscribe right there. You can take a look. Don't forget, all this information I'm sharing with you is information I use to manage my own personal portfolio and that of individuals I manage capital for through our Interactive Brokers affiliation. So, I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know you specifically. Okay. If you want more one on one guidance, that's what the armorreport.com is for. You could become a subscriber and we can work more one on one. But for the sake of this conversation today, I'm sharing with you what we're doing personally, what we're doing in our portfolios. Um, I've been doing this over 30 years. We generally use algorithms to drive our risk management decisions. We're going to talk about that right now. So, I've been calling this a mechanical bull market for a while now. And truth be told, it's been a mechanical bull going back to 2008. The minute the minute the, 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 the world decided to leave the realm of normal capital markets and enter the realm of central banks intervening in a massive way, the rules changed. And a lot of people got left behind because they didn't understand that the rules changed. So a lot of people, even today, I still talk to people today who complain to me about valuations. Can't buy that stock; the valuation doesn't make any sense. And we're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to we are just, just going to—we're um, going to look behind the curtain so you can understand valuations better. Okay, but. Suffice it to say, this is a mechanical bull market. Let's go through charts as we explain why and what I think is going to happen going forward. So let's take a quick peek at. Well, that's one of our. That's it's a little, a little uh, chart porn for you to start off your Saturday. <laughs> that's Spotify. Didn't mean to have that up there. We'll go over that in a minute. Wanted to look at here. This is the S and P. Okay, now. What I've done for you at the armor report insiders, you already know this, but let me just take a minute to share the progression with uh, new viewers at the armor report. We have on the website, the risk monitor. Okay. All that does is tell us what phase of the, uh, the armor investing way, what phase we're in, in the market. There's three phases. There's your, risk monitor red phase, and we focus our time when the risk monitor's red, which means carry the most amount of cash that you care to carry, be as most defensive as you can, we focus our attention on phase one of these three phases, and that phase is adding names to our whiteboard, doing research, okay? We've already protected the portfolio, risk monitors are red, so we focus a lot of time on building our fundamental knowledge and building our whiteboard. The second phase, when the risk monitor turns green, you've got a five-day window to put capital to work. So you go to your risk monitor. You're using the risk monitor to tell you what the algorithms are saying, right? So algorithms are what drive, um, I would say, probably all the institutional decision-making at this point. When it comes to adding risk or subtracting risk, algorithms drive the market. So at the Armour Report, we have our own algorithms, right? We spent about six, seven years developing these algorithms, put them into action, manage capital using it, right? So we use the indexes as our guide and we have the top seven that we use to to show us direction, when to raise cash, when to subtract. So the S&P, the Dow, the small cap, the NASDAQ 100, the momentum index, the value index, and the IBD 50. That covers the whole market for us. And when we get confluence across the board, that's how we know to change the risk monitor color from red to green to yellow, okay? So looking at this chart again, you can see that we, risk monitor turns green on the 29th, right here, okay? And there's a five-day window, these arrows, for us to put capital to work. And then when the arrow turns yellow, that tells you the risk monitor has turned yellow. So going back to these three phases of investing, following the Armour investing way, the red risk monitor phase tells you you're focused on research, build your whiteboard, get ready. The green risk monitor phase tells you now's the time to go to the whiteboard and put capital to work. We just finished that phase. Now we shift to to yellow on the risk monitor, okay? And that means we're in the manage success phase, following risk management rules. That's where we are now. And last week was just a beautiful week. It means there wasn't much for us to do. Stocks in our portfolio going up, and we let it go. We're just riding the mechanical bull now, you know, and it's starting to stampede. And while others are trying to catch up, we're already making money. And that's how you generate alpha. It's by putting yourself on the right side of probabilities and statistics over and over again. Putting capital to work when the reward's worth the risk. What does that mean? Take a look at the chart again. If we're buying on the 29th, And our stop is the low of the 15th. There's just not a lot of risk there, guys. We know where we're out. We're close to the stop. That's the time to put the capital to work. That's the time to be aggressive. We were putting money to work right here on the 24th of March. And adding right in here, early April. It was scary. The market was down a lot. It felt crazy to do it. But in reality, how, how crazy was it? We were putting money to work right here when the Fed said they're starting to buy every asset in sight with an unlimited supply of capital, of liquidity. So what we were really doing was putting money to work here on that announcement, and our stop was a new low. Okay? It would have been one terrible day. Or one terrible week. I get it. And then we would have been back into cash protecting capital. And the reason we had the ability to do that is that you all remember on the 24th, which is right here of February, our risk monitor turned red. 100% cash for our index-only portfolio. That was the first day of the market crash. So now we've got massive alpha because we've protected capital, which allows us to put money to work correctly. And that's your job as an investor. Okay? And I'm, I'm here to help you do this. It's not easy. But your job as an investor is to get into the right rhythm of the market. If you find yourself chasing, you're not in the right rhythm. The idea is to put money to work when you feel sick about it. Right near a stop. That's when you put money to work. Now, it's hard to pull that trigger because you feel sick. Okay, we use algorithms to help us pull the trigger. That's the point. When all seven indexes are telling us based on the algorithm, the algorithms say get long the market on the 29th of June, it helps us put money to work. Because even though it doesn't feel right, and believe me, there's you know, everybody is telling me why it's a mistake. They've been telling me why it's a mistake all the way up, Right? Those guys are wrong now. They're never going to be right. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about it. You're going to see them on the long walk back to the middle. Okay? They're never going to be right now. Even if the market reverses next week in craters, they missed one of the greatest bull market opportunities in history from the standpoint of how fast it happened and the explosive moves in stocks that we're buying. Okay, So all of those naysayers that are telling you, oh, uh, look out for this, look out for that, they've already missed. They've already misled you. So you can just put that down, stop watching that channel. It's not helping you make money. What you want to do is get on the right side of probabilities when the reward's worth the risk and let the market take care of itself. You step away and let it behave. There will be times where we lose money, right? Look at that entry point. There will be times where we step in right here on the 29th, and it goes down the very next day. It takes us out of our stop, and we have a bad day. It'll be really awful and rotten feeling, okay? But statistically speaking, over a long period of time, that will be few versus the times where we put money to work and we're able to increase our net worth in a meaningful way. Okay. Now what I want to do is just walk you through the other chart patterns so you could see really what's going on in the market. Okay. Let's look at the indexes. So the S&P is the one we use as our big guide. And what I really like to see is the S&P take out this high next week. And then we really know we got a ball game here. So we're not out of the woods yet from this buy signal. This, this entry point could fail next week. All right. So what I'd like to see is this thing extend over the highs of the 8th of June and then we know we got a ball game. So will that happen? Well, I'm going to show you some charts here. This is the Nasdaq 100. So the leadership is leading. Not only did it take out the high of June 8th, but it's taken out the high of February. Okay? So the leaders are leading. That's a key. Let's see what the laggards are doing. Okay, now we look at the Dow. There's the Dow. Okay. Okay. So the Dow, as you can see, is not quite moving higher yet, still in that consolidation period, not above the high of the 6th of July. Okay. Here's the small caps, even worse. Small caps gave us a scare on Thursday, tried to break back below the 50-day, but they held up Friday. Here's the value index, V-O-U-E. Same situation. This is even worse, trading below the 50 right now, but holding the support. But now let's wrap up with the leadership. MTUM, momentum, skyrocketing. Looks very much like the triple Qs. And my personal favorite, the disruptive growth stocks, the IBD 50. Okay, so what we've got here is a market of haves and have-nots. If you're focused on the right sectors of the market, we're gonna to get to this in a minute, you're having explosive growth in your net worth. If you're still focused on old economy names and looking at the market through the lens of what you think is value, you're wildly underperforming and frustrated. Okay, so how do we change that? Um Actually, before I get to that, I want to share with you one more picture here, because I think this is important. Okay? If you want to know where the market's headed, if you're curious on whether or not this should break out to new highs or if it should fail, I submit to you, look at this chart. Okay, New highs on corporate bonds. This is an ETF of corporate bonds that the Fed said they were going to start buying on the 23rd of March. That was the bottom of the stock market. This is now hitting new highs. Bonds lead equities. Bonds lead equities. Bonds lead equities. Remember that. Write it down. So my question to you If you're still unsure about the stock market direction, if you're still unsure about the mechanical bull market we're in, my question to you is, how can the market really go down when LQD is making new highs? Give me a scenario where that makes sense. Now, can the market go sideways? Can it have terrible days during the week? I'm not talking about that. Of course it can. Of course it can. But by the end of the week, the market gets marked up. Why? Because corporate bonds are blowing out to new highs, guys. This isn't rocket science. You know, I'm I'm sorry. Maybe I make it too simple on this show. You know, maybe I should be like the guys on CNBC and I'll come up with all these metrics and all these reasons why the market has to do all these things. It's really simple. I'm going to share it with you right now. Ready? Grab a pen, a piece of paper, write this down. I'm going to wait for you because I think you should write this down. The way to generate alpha in this market is to understand a new valuation equation that we're managing money under. The equation's simple. Liquidity plus pandemic triggered accelerated growth equals stock price explosion. That's the equation. I wrote it right down here for you so you can see it. That's the equation of how to build alpha. You understand that where there's liquidity explosion, which is the Fed adding liquidity like crazy. You look for companies whose business models have accelerated dramatically because of the pandemic trigger. And those are the stocks to own. And they skyrocket. We're literally seeing these companies go through what analysts thought. If you looked at analyst expectations pre-pandemic for companies like Spotify and Slack and Team and, you know, um, Splunk and Netflix and Microsoft, okay, if you looked at the expected growth and then you see what's happened since the pandemic – the growth has been pulled in three to five years out in some cases. Lavango, Chegg, The growth expectations three to five years from now are happening in three to five months. And you're still asking me, why can I how can I buy this dog? The valuation's not right. You, you can't think of valuation like that. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense. Every decade there are technology advances. And the stocks explode when a trigger occurs that wakes up the investing public to these advances. So for five years or more in the 1990s, there was the progression of the Internet. Then we got to 2000, and that switched to 2000, 1999, really, leading up to 2000. There was a, there was a recognition. Trigger events occurred that created recognition in the minds of investors and those stocks went ballistic for a couple of years. Don't tell me what happened in 2000, 2002 to 2001. I don't care about that. I'm talking about right now we're making money. We'll deal with protecting capital next. When the risk monitor goes green, you put capital to work. Then we manage the risk. All right. So every decade, these things happen. And so what happened in this decade is that for the last five years, cloud computing, cybersecurity, these stocks were already doing well, okay? Um, um, the work from home idea, people didn't even realize at the time, but Teladoc was already doing well before the pandemic because there was a change coming. Technology was changing the way the world worked, but the pandemic was the trigger event that's woken up Wall Street, and that's why money's pouring in along with liquidity. This is my last thought on valuation, Okay. Just don't ever bring up valuation to me again. If you're not willing to understand or acknowledge that if you have a million dollars chasing a thousand shares, the valuation is going to be X. If you then have $10 million chasing a thousand shares, what do you think the valuation is going to be? It's just simple supply and demand. This isn't hard to believe, hard to understand, you know? I mean – you know, you could spend $100,000 at Wharton trying to figure this out, or you could just take a simple economics 101 class uh, freshman year of college, and you'll understand what's happening. The Fed massively adding liquidity. The supply is relatively even. Prices go higher. Okay? All right. So um, just to walk through some more charts with you, we talk about uh, – um, these disruptive growth names, and let's just look at Spotify for the fun of it. Okay, here's the armor ad. We added the stock right here, 157, uh, uh, yeah, 157 and change. If you guys remember, that was a um, relative strength breakout ahead of price. If you guys remember this back then, just squinching it up for you so you could see. So it was breaking out above this range, right? In case you want to know why we buy these stocks, breaking out of a nice rectangle formation where the relative strength already hit a new high. We bought the stock there, goes higher. We add to it on the 15th, okay? And the stock is skyrocketing. Perfect example of a company whose business model accelerated because of the pandemic. Netflix. There's a business model accelerating from the pandemic. And I really want to show you this chart because it's unbelievable to me. Netflix is going on a whole nother run. This is a five-wave rectangle formation breakout we're buying on June 5th. Okay, so it breaks out, pulls back to test. We buy the 50-day moving average. Okay? Is it dangerous? Is it hard to do it? Not really, guys. Look at the stop. We're buying the stock right here. The stop was actually the low right here it's not it's not that far away so it releases you from the fear of buying if you're putting money to right uh, uh, to work near the correct stop now the stock is exploding and thank you goldman sachs on friday for telling everybody that the price target is somewhere around 650 something they upped their price target i think it was the 650 okay and it's a pandemic accelerated story. It's pretty simple. People aren't coming back to work. They're working from home. They're sitting at home, not going out. More people are using Netflix. It's, just not, it's not hard to figure out. Right? Let's look at Microsoft because it's working for big names as well as the smaller names. That's just a cup and handle on Microsoft. The cup is right here. The handle is right here. The stock accelerates the new highs. People telling me it can't go to a new high. It can't go above 200. Well, now it's 213. Okay? It's a perfect cup and handle breakout because their business is accelerated. Let's go to Splunk. These are all names in Armor Portfolios. Right? The original entry was down here. If you guys remember this, what day was this? Yeah, this was right in here. If you guys remember, this was a tough thing to add. It was a big gap up and it felt silly like how can I buy it up there? Well, then the thing held its support at the 200-day and skyrocketed and hasn't looked back since. Actually, we might have added it right there on the fifth, on the gap up. I think we added on the gap up. Correct me if I'm wrong, Armor Insiders, you guys remember. We might have bought that gap. All right, and this brings me to my another, another point. Your best winners will never challenge the stop. Right? Never. Stock just kept on going and never looked back. So when you buy a stock, if it goes below the low of the day you bought it, there could be something wrong right away. That's always a great stop. So we're just going through the, uh, the disruptive growth names of this bull market. Here's Lavango, Armor Ads, 61.11 at 6.15. Look at that. Skyrocketing. Stocks almost doubled inside of a month. Now, why'd it do it? Why'd it do it? It's a classic example of a disruptive growth stock whose business model is accelerating because of the pandemic. And, of course, they pre-announced a much better than expected Q2 revenue number, and so the stock just exploded two days after Goldman Sachs downgraded it. (laughs) In all fairness to Goldman, they just went from a buy to a neutral. They weren't telling you to sell it. But, I mean, who needs to give fairness to Goldman, right? Right. Um, Here's another idea, right? Let's look at Chegg. Classic example. First buy point here, second buy point there for Armour portfolios. Stock has skyrocketed. We added to it again right here on the 15th. Stock goes up again. So this was a second stage entry point. These are all stories that are seeing accelerated growth because of the pandemic and they're all stocks in our portfolio and now you can see how you generate alpha, okay? Um, before I get to the q and A, I I think it's important that we, um, okay, well, what, you know what, I'm gonna share with you one more idea here just before we get off of this. I'm sharing with you a lot of stuff that we've put in the portfolio and we've had a big success on. Take a look at this chart pattern. Just wanna share this with you. This is Viva Systems. One of my favorite chart patterns, and it led to a big success this week. So here's Viva. These are the stocks I really look for. And you never know which one's going to turn out to be like this. But I love stocks that go into this 45-degree angle uptrend. Right? It's got a 45-degree angle on the uptrend here. Just I love it. But here's the downtrend support right on the 50-day moving average. Get risk on right here on uh, uh, April Eighth, and it hasn't looked back since. It hasn't even, you know, wiggled when the market sells off. That's that's massive alpha right now. It doesn't get better than that. But take a look at the stock we bought this week. This is Roku. Look at the similarities in those patterns, guys. So you might want to take this chart pattern and 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 cut it out and paste it, and nail it, whatever you got to do above your trading desk. So when you're looking at chart patterns, you're trying to find this. This is something like a 6 to 12-month consolidating downtrend right at the 200-day moving average, and then you get your trigger point. Now look at Roku. Same exact pattern right at the moving average. Get your trigger point. It's on your whiteboard. The risk monitor says it's green. Time to put money to work. You go to your whiteboard. You find patterns like that, and you put it in the portfolio. Stocks up 20% since we bought it only a few days ago. Now, I've got to wrap up real quick here because I'm going late. And we're going to wrap up on precious metals real briefly, okay? Because obviously precious metals are another example of this um, valuation equation. You've got massive amounts of liquidity, the Fed has added and increased its balance sheet since the beginning of this year from, I think it was the number, $4 trillion to $7 trillion. There's a devaluation of currencies going on around the world, and there's one way to defend against that. It's gold and silver. So the demand for the metal is going through the roof. It's going through the roof because of the liquidity part of that equation, the valuation equation. Liquidity has gone berserk. The pandemic has accelerated. It's the trigger that's attracting capital because the pandemic collapsed the supply chain. And it revealed that the emperor is not wearing clothes. There's a bunch of bullion banks that have been gaming the system for a decade, creating worthless gold and silver paper in the comics market, more paper than can possibly be backed up by the metal, and nobody cared for a decade. And all of a sudden, you have the trigger event of a pandemic. Supply collapses. So all of a sudden, people realize there's no supply for the normal amount of demand in the spot market. Hold on a second. Look at all this ridiculous amount of paper that's out there. It can't possibly be backed by the metal. The emperor's not wearing clothes, and the street is waking up to it. So, it's, precious metals are a perfect example of the new valuation equation. Massive liquidity creating massive demand, and the pandemic created a collapse in supply that shows people there's something nefarious going on in the space. Now, if you're paying attention to precious metals, you already know this. Last year, J.P. Morgan, criminal charges for rigging the silver market. Okay? That's progressing. We think we're going to see, based on the rumblings, that there'll be an announcement of massive fines for J.P. Morgan, maybe some jail time for some traders, okay? And it seems like last week J.P. Morgan is trying to bring their um, contract sizes down. Um, I think it's supposed to be somewhere like 3,000 contracts on COMEX, and they're way above that, so they're trying to get in line with reality. I mean, it's just not reality. The amount of contracts can't possibly be backed by the physical So people are finally waking up to it. How do we know this? Because look at the spot market and the front month delivery contract for silver. There's a 30 cent spread there, guys. It's unheard of. It's unprecedented. at this late in the delivery month. The reason it's, what what does that mean? It means that that 30 cent spread should be arbitraged. If you believe you can get, Silver in the spot market, you can deliver it to that delivery front, delivery month, right? So you, you're buying spot, you'll get it, and you'll deliver. So you short, you short the, uh, um, the delivery contract, and the spread collapses. But nobody believes they're going to get the physical, and so the spread continues. Okay? So we had a historic close London fix above 1800. I don't know if historic is the right word, but it's close if not historic like a London fixed close above 1800 on gold this week and silver's above 19. It's not even started yet. Can we take a look at that chart, please? Look at SLV. I use SLV as an example. I'm not buying SLV. This is an example of an asset that I don't think has real metal behind it. But just so you can look at what happens, first of all, what happens when silver actually gets going? Okay, look at what happened the last time silver people woke up to the silver situation, September of 2010. The price was 19 and change on this asset here, right? And it skyrocketed to 50, and it did it in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Okay, and here we have a situation more egregious than anything that occurred in 2010, and it's yet to break out. When it crosses $20 $20 and like 20 cents on the contract, on the spot contract, um, which is not the same as $20 here, that'll be lower here, Um, this thing should get legs. And I don't know when that's going to happen, and there could be gaming that goes on, guys. But look, there's bullion banks who are short the metal, and they can't cover it. It's like a Wolverine trapped in a corner, and he's injured. Okay, it could get ugly. There could be raids on so They could all do all kinds of things. They could wreck it next week before it reverses and skyrockets by the end of the month. Who knows? But we do know the new valuation equation. The precious metals are in the crosshairs. So um, those are my thoughts for this week. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next week, I don't predict. Okay, all we do is read and react to the market. That's the Armour investing way. So we got a risk on green signal from the risk monitor. If you're an Armour subscriber, you know this. If you're new to this, consider subscribing. You can go to the Armour risk monitor and we update it whenever there's a major change. Okay, the green signal is only a five-day signal. Then we go back to yellow. So guess what? Just because I think silver skyrocketing, gold is da-da-da-da, we're not buying these assets now. We already bought them. They're already in the portfolio. We're already making money. So I'm not telling you to run out there Monday and start buying things. What I am suggesting is that you become, quite frankly, an armor insider, and you would have bought things last week. So now what you want to do is don't chase the market. Manage your risk now. That's the mode we're in. Let the positions you bought blossom. Honestly, if you're only 50% invested and you got 50% cash, I would say to you, that's enough right now. Don't chase. Just see if you can make money on your 50%. Just see. I think a lot of you, most people, it's not your fault. It's hard. Investing is hard. It's not your fault. Okay? Okay. You, you, you nibble at the edges when you should be buying a lot. And then you buy a lot when you should be managing your risk. And that's why you can't get anywhere in your portfolio or worse, at the end of the whole thing, your portfolio net worth is down. And so you have to break that chain. Okay, so if whatever investments you've got out there now, that's what you're sticking with. Now it's time to just let it ride, see how much money you can make. Manage your risk. Cut your losses quick. Get rid of lagging positions if you have to. Let your successes run as long as you can. That's the mode we're in now. Any questions for me? (laughs) Let's get to the Q&A. All right. Um, Another good week for Armour Insiders. Isn't that the truth, Chad? All right. Uh, Let's see. All right, okay, some questions about, um, wait a minute. Okay, QRVO, Jason Abbott looking at QRVO, let's take a look. This is a name that's actually on our, uh, in our portfolios, it's in our armor portfolios, Jason. Okay. So let's take a look. This is the weekly, not the monthly. Let's look at the daily. Yeah. So, all right. um, Whoops. I'm not sharing with you. All right. This is the 5G play for you guys who are not initiated, don't know that. This is 5G, um, one of our favorite 5G names. There's nothing wrong with this pattern, but I'll be honest with you, it's also not leading, right? It's not a leading stock yet. So... Um, this is a good question, Jason. We have added to our portfolio. But where is the alpha coming from? Precious metals, established and disruptive growth that's benefiting from the new valuation equation. That's the heart of Armour portfolios right now. But on Monday of this week, we added a couple of names that are economy reopening type of names. I don't know why 5G and semiconductor names are... Well, I guess I do. They're they're more tied to economic growth than, let's say, a Netflix or a Spotify. So they haven't really moved up yet. And we did add those names on Monday, which was the the day the window closed for adding new ideas. And this was one of them that we added. So I do like it. Um, And I'm I'm wondering if that close we had – take a look at this chart. That's the uh, IBD 50. So you can see the the accelerated growth of the disruptive growth stocks. But here's QRVO. So, I mean, it's right in the buy zone, right? O'Neill calls it a pivot zone, right? We need to see it take out these highs here and it should really get, you know, get some lift off. Here's another name we added uh, on Monday. That's an economy reopening name. Hey, We added shares of Disney. We did that. Um, five, one, two, three. We did that right in here. I think it was right there. I think it was the sixth. We added Disney on the sixth, 113 and change. Stock had a nice close in here. So to us, this is like, this is my favorite go-to economy reopening stock. I have no interest in airlines. I have no interest in, in cruise ships. You know, I, don't, I don't care about any of those. I didn't like those names even before the pandemic. Why would I like them now? But I love Disney, and I really like Disney Plus. And so I'm looking at that chart pattern. This is a classic pattern to me. See right here? You guys can see this. This was a gap up for Disney. The last time the market got excited about the economy reopening, um, The Disney gapped up here. So all it did was come down and close the gap, which is totally normal, totally normal. And a great buying opportunity. When you see gap ups, you don't chase the gap up. You get patient, you wait for it to pull back, close the gap. Sometimes, sometimes, and you get that entry point. That's what we got in Disney. So Disney QRVO, a couple of semiconductor names. Those are like the economy reopening names. If, if the close on Friday, which was led by IWM and DIA. So, the the lagging economy reopening type of indexes were leading on Friday, which will lead the S and P out to a new high, which would be great um, because the market will start broadening out names like QRVO could have a really great week. Uh, And Brett, we trust. Thank you very, very much, DC, but please, please understand guys, you know, we're having lots of fun right now and, and I'm enjoying it with you and, And this is tons of fun, but the market's not always going to be like that, right? I mean, we're getting a unique window right now, and there'll be times where it's not as much fun. You know, we'll put a bunch of positions on, and we get stopped out of everything, you know, and it's going to hurt. It's going to suck, right? But the idea is to get while the getting's good right now, build up our net worth as much as we can, and then make it through the lean times when the market isn't behaving like this. Thank you, Tom Brady. I, I try to do research for you guys, but you know, honestly, it's lots of fun. The insiders, you guys are bringing me a lot of quality ideas. You know, I can't see everything. It's almost like you're you're you know you're bringing in ideas to the Slack room, and that's part of the benefit of being an Armor insider. We're all in the Slack room all day today, uh, all day during the trading session. You brought me some really interesting ideas that I can then go do research on, and if they make the cut, man, they make the Armor whiteboard. And they've led to some serious profits for us. In fact, you guys, remember, you guys remember that day when we first started buying Spotify at 157? And I said to you guys in the Slack room, why do I want to own this stock? Like, I don't even get it. Why do I care about a podcasting company? And you guys all responded to me that day doing research for me, helping me understand the importance of what Spotify was doing and boom bought the stock and you know 157 to 275 in a couple months i mean it's it's um the relationship goes both ways chad let's see um all right All right, I want. I love it. Jasmine's asking me why don't I pick Apple or Amazon to buy during the mechanical bull market since March when you buy the others. Great idea. A great look. Okay, Apple. I didn't buy because I don't like their connection to Foxconn in China. Right or wrong, that's why I didn't do it. Okay. Um, I know that the story now is that Apple is more and more a service company. I get it, but. So there's two reasons why. Number one, Jasmine, I can't get everything, right? There's only so many stocks I want to hold in a portfolio, okay? So it's an opportunity cost of money, and at the end of the day, it's what I like more than something else, right? So I look at Microsoft and Apple as kind of the same kind of idea, but I've always been a Microsoft guy, all of my workstations, everything I've ever done. So when I want to buy one of the two, I buy Microsoft, you know? I just like that business model better. I like that business model better. And I don't like anything that has to do with China at the moment. How about ever? So to me, it's an opportunity cost of money. I can't own every stock. Ideally, a portfolio should have, I don't know, no more than 20 stocks in it. I I know right now we're covering more than 20 stocks, but ideally, a portfolio should have 20 stocks in it. No more than that, sometimes 10 stocks, all right? And Amazon, every day I feel sick I don't own that name, you know? I just missed it. What can I say? I got Netflix, I missed Amazon. I can't stand that I missed Amazon, okay? Based on the amount of packages that end up at my doorstep alone, I should have bought that stock. If you think about it that way, I could have bought Amazon and it could have paid for all of my packages, (laughs) All right. Um, but, your, but your point is well taken. I mean, both of those stocks are great. And this is my last thought here, Jasmine. Um, just because the Armour Report is buying these 10 or 20 stocks doesn't mean you have to buy those 10. I know you're an insider, but the real, my real, um, the real reason I created the Armour Report was to help you understand when to put capital to work, when to protect capital, to use quantum mental investing, to help you manage your assets and to get into the correct rhythm with the market. What you choose to buy is up to you. But if you see me buying Netflix and you know Microsoft and Splunk and you wanna go buy Amazon and Apple, go for it. That's fine, you know? All right. Um, banks got a list on Friday, yeah. You know, don't forget the small cap index is about 24% small cap financials, and they've been wildly lagging. So, you know, I don't know when that's ever going to really recover. Cannabis. All right. Tech monkey's asking about cannabis, and I love you for doing it. Because I almost forgot, and it's time to take a peek again. I do have a couple comments here I wanted to share with you. So this is canopy growth. This is the way I'm playing cannabis right now. I'm just focused on canopy growth. Okay. And truth be told, I'm just going to tell you guys that made it to the end of this video for the Q&A. So just between us. I'm buying leaps on the stock. I'm not recommending you do it. I just share with you what I do personally. I think the leaps are priced great, which is long term call options. And so I'm trying to, the reason I'm doing it, I don't usually buy options, but I think these things are bottoming down here and I'm sick and tired of being whipsawed back and forth by the stock. And I quite frankly don't have enough cash left in my account. I mean, I'm already on margin in my account. So there's just so much more capital I can put to work. And so what I've chosen to do is buy long-term call options and just tuck them away in the portfolio. Cause at some point in here, these stocks are going to go up a lot and I'm going to have that position on. That's my thought. But we also added this on Monday to armor portfolios. OK. So uh, if you look at the chart here, you know, there's the low right in here. Maybe it's better if I go to the other chart so you could see it a little more clearly. And, and to me, canopy growth is really a CBD slash uh, uh, cannabis trade. Right. If there's ever a ruling from the FDA that you can sell ingestibles at whatever quantity in the U.S., but this stock goes berserk along with all the other companies that have footholds in the CBD market in the U.S., okay? Don't forget, Martha Stewart is running that division for Canopy Growth. You know, like her or hater, she knows how to push product. So this is Canopy Growth, right? So, you know, we're still kind of – that doesn't look like it's right. Something like that. You know, we're still in this third. We got to break this last trend line, depending on how you want to draw that. So it's just meandering inside of this space, and it had a great Friday, right? I also, you know, we also like Afria, but I don't own that right now. I just don't have room in the portfolio for a lot of these names. So the names that I do like, here's one. I like GW Pharmaceutical. Cannabis play, but it's a biotech play. Foot in both worlds. Okay. You know, and those of you who've been on this channel know that we follow this stock a lot. Just grow generation. Okay. But let me, um, let me share some quick thoughts on cannabis. So I do think they're bottoming in here. I don't know what the trigger is going to be that gets these things to skyrocket. Is it possible that um, we have a new, you know, God, I hope it's not the case. A Democratic president, um, and that opens up the floodgates for these investments is possible. So it could be a great hedge for the rest of the portfolio that would plummet when um, somebody else takes the White House. Um, because of the – and this is not a comment on Democrats or Republicans. I'm not one way or the other. All I care about is a meritocrity. I want the United States of America to, to continue to be a meritocrity. Right? You work hard. You can get ahead. That's what I want. Um, that's what this country is based on. So any socialist values that don't adhere to that, um, uh, I, I really, um, I would really fight against. And, uh, I also would say that I don't want to get off on a political rant, but, um, if you actually dramatically increase taxes and create capital controls on an economy, it wrecks the economy and it wrecks the working man. Just ask anybody who works under an economy like that, they'll tell you. A lot of them are immigrants here in this country that came here for the opportunity of a better life, just like my great grandparents and a lot of people in this country. We come here because it's a meritocrity. You work hard, you can get ahead. So anyway, um, but these stocks, cannabis stocks could be a major beneficiary of that. I don't think they go down if you know Trump gets reelected because they're already here, but they may go up a lot if Democrats take control, right? So maybe that's the trigger that gets them to go. I don't know, but I will say this, I'll wrap up with this thought. Um, I know that we're seeing some movement in the U.S. MSOs. I get it. And if you guys want to buy them, go ahead and buy them. But please understand that these stocks are incredibly thin. Uh, One of the largest clearinghouses, which is Pershing, at the end of last year, stopped clearing these trades. Okay? All right? So you have a major movement against you in U.S. cannabis companies until the federal government changes the legality of it. So you want to buy it because one day there might be an announcement of a change in legality issues. Okay, great. But do you really think that's going to happen between now and November? How about now and the end of the year? we got other major problems in the country. I don't think anyone's about to legalize cannabis. Maybe it's a 2021 issue. I don't know. So... Can they go up a lot from here? Have they already gone up a lot off the bottom? Absolutely. And you can play them. But if you want to know why I don't buy them, it's because I buy liquidity because liquidity equals safety to me. And I can't go out there and buy stocks to trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange. It's not com- I'm not comfortable with that. Okay? But I wish you the best of luck if you're doing it. Don't let me stop you because I know that cash flow being generated by US MSOs in many cases is better than what's going on in Canada. So – Anyway, those are my thoughts there on cannabis. Also, the last thing is, don't forget, cannabis goes up with the economy reopening theme. So when you start to see small caps and the Dow lead the market higher, cannabis stocks have a tendency to run. So you better own them now. You don't want to chase them when they start to when they really blow out. You can't buy them that day because those runs tend to be short lived. Okay. And, and Erez, I, I mean, I'm with you. I love, those are my two, two of my favorite names, right? Uh, probably the third one is, is uh, Leaf. I think Cureleaf and um, um, Green Thumb, maybe Cresco Labs, and to a lesser extent, um, um, Truleaf. Those are the top four probably. Uh, Sean, um, my video and my sound are out of sync. Well, oh, that's a real bummer. Sorry about that, guys. What do I think about shorting uh, IWM as a head? Sean Hill, I, I do that all the time. We short um, IW, IWM intraday all week long in the Armour Slack room. So if you're a Slack insider, you go to the Armored Day Trades and you'll see, I'm always looking to put shorts on small caps against my long portfolio. CNBC, a bunch of carnival barkers, absolutely. Video is fine, Tom Brady. Oh, good, all right, great. All right, just ripping through here. Anthony O T R K versus Lavango. Um, yeah, I was looking into that. Oh, you were not you're not the first one. RK, to, to tell me about that stock on track. Yeah, I looked at it. Um, I guess it's just a little too small for me, and I just don't have room in it right now in my portfolio. Here it is. But you're probably not wrong about that. Um, I can't remember exactly what I read about it. it I didn't love about it. I can't remember. Sorry about that, but it just doesn't make the cut for me. But, um, but, but you're right. It's, it's in the right space. It's in the right space. What else we have here? All right. I didn't notice rotation yesterday in the market. I just, uh, uh, Chad, um, I just think it's a necessary um, broadening out of the bull market. If this market's going to go to new highs in the S&P, we need to see small caps in the Dow start to move higher. So um, I, I didn't really see rotation. We still had stocks going up in the portfolio that had disrupted growth and you know, um, established growth. So, what we're looking for is all the sectors to go up at once, and then we really know the market's got the bit in its teeth. Do you follow sediment indicators? Asks Michael D. I don't really follow sediment indicators. I don't think sediment indicators ever help me make money in the market, and never have. So, um, they always seem to be delayed to me. Things like sediment indicators, things like the 10 year yield. People are telling me, "Oh, the ten-year yields going down must be terrible for the stock market. Sell everything." They're completely misunderstanding the new valuation equation. Ten-year yields are going down because there's a massive amount of liquidity sloshing around in the world, and it needs a place to go, and it's going everywhere, including ten-year bonds and twenty-year plus bonds, along with equities. It's 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 like old school thinking. So when it comes to um, uh, sediment indicators, I don't know, I've just never, if you found a way to use them to give you an indication of market direction, then, then, you know, more power to you. But I'll tell you another thing. The Armour Investing Way is not about guessing the market's direction. So I would never need a sediment indicator because I don't put money to work because I think the market's going to go up. I put money to work when the probabilities are in my favor using algorithms. We have seven algorithms specifically designed for the volatility of each index. And those seven indexes, when looked at from a confluence standpoint, when they all tell us the same thing, the probabilities are at their maximum that we'll be able to make money in the market. That's when I put money to work. I don't care what the sentiment number is. And if I have to get out because the market reverses or breaks down, I don't want the sediment indicators to get into my head and be like, well, don't take your loss here. Give it another day. Because the sediment's perfect for a market breakout. That doesn't, you know, I don't want those things in my head. All I want to do is execute. When the probabilities are in my favor and the reward's worth the risk, I put money to work. When stops are hit, I take money out. I don't want to look at anything else. Can it stay extended for a while or the gold miners go up and sediment turn down? Um, Can sediment indicators, that's the thing about sediment indicators. They, they could go up for a long time. How do you know when they when they reverse? That's the thing. And little wiggles down, sometimes it's a little wiggle down before it skyrockets again. It just has never really helped me. Joe Black, 45-degree stocks. Look at SE and Z-Lab. All right, well, okay, SE. Let's take a look. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, when you say take a look at them, I, I can't own them now because they're already in a 45-degree angle. But if you own them, then well done, my friend. There's ZLab, nice grind higher, right? That's what we're looking for. And we never really know what stock we buy that's going to actually end up looking like that. You know, we just we just try to find them. Um, do you, Sprott, uh, Joe Black? Do you follow Eric Sprott in precious metals? Absolutely. Uh, uh, the Armor Portfolios own all of the Sprott physical gold funds gold and silver. Um, and, um, I think he's a visionary. Matt S. Can you talk a bit about hedging and why you use puts overnight instead of shorting? So Matt, um, and you're an armor insider, so you've been hearing about this all week. Um, Because I want to limit my downside if the market goes against me. That's why I use puts overnight. When I use puts, I do it on UWM and DDM, which is the ETFs that are twice the performance of the underlying indexes. So naturally, those assets lose value every day because they're using futures and options to create that um, uh, 2x performance. So when I buy a put, that loses value every day also. So I feel like it's one-to-one there. We're both losing value every day. Does that make sense? And then what I've discovered is on down days, the market gaps down. The profit I make by owning the put that day is, it has been this way since I started doing this. I don't know if it'll continue, but it's at least twice as much as the loss I incur if the market gaps up the same percentage, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because when the market gaps up, let's say 1%, um, the, the, the option doesn't lose its value as fast because people are still afraid. But when the market gaps down 1%, the, the market people fear goes through the roof and premiums go. Whoosh, right. And so I'm, I'm able to make more money on the gap downs than I lose on the gap ups. So, and then the third reason is I just don't want to have a whole bunch short. Like I would have to put an enormous amount of capital to work short overnight, and I don't like the way that feels unless we're in a bear market. And even then I almost never do it. I like to I like to short intraday, and I'll put 30, maybe 50% of my capital short during the day as an intraday hedge on a long portfolio, but there's no way I'd carry that overnight. So I switch over to options so I can – um, um, limit my loss if the market goes to you know. Let's say the market gaps up three percent in the morning. Well, I know what my loss is going to be, right? And I don't I don't want to get away from me and have too big of a loss on the short side. So that's why I do it. It's just personal preference. O R T K O R. Oh, didn't I just do that? Oh. Can we just talk about O T. Oh yeah, on track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks looks like an okay idea. I wouldn't argue against it. But there was something about it where it didn't feel exactly like a Livongo to me. I listened to the conference call. There was just some things on it that I I didn't like. I can't remember what it is. I'm sorry, guys. But it's not going to make it to the Armour Whiteboard. But please don't let me disrupt you from your position. The stock looks great. It's running. The market's up. Ride it as long as you can. Just follow it up with stops. Linda Smith, anyone know what silver has actual assets? I'm not exactly sure what you mean, but Anthony answered you correctly. PSLV is the answer. That's the Sprott Physical Silver Fund. The silver is held in a bank, outside the banking system, in a vault, audited four times a year. And if you hold on to PSLV for 12 months, you can actually demand delivery of the bars. Trump going back to gold-backed dollar. <laughs> that would be the greatest ever, Linda. If that happens, our gold positions are going to go through the roof. And I don't disagree with you. It's not even Trump having to go back to a gold-backed dollar. It's just that um, I can't remember. I wish I, I got to find the statistic for you. But gold is carried on the books of the United States government at something less than $1,000 an ounce. So supposedly you know, Fort Knox has, what is it, 8,500 tons of gold, the largest gold holding for any country. And it's carried on the books somewhere under, I think it's, don't quote me. I don't know. Somewhere under $1,000 an ounce. So people are afraid of the, um, the deficit and how bad it is and all this extra debt we're taking on. But you see, that's a liability on the U.S. government's balance sheet. And an asset is gold valued somewhere, I think, below $1,000 an ounce. So what if they just revalue gold at $2,000 an ounce? All of a sudden, the book's balance. You don't even have to go back to the gold standard. Just revalue what's on the books. Okay, do you run a specific valuation model? No, I don't run a specific value. That's my whole point. Valuation changes based on liquidity. So valuation models are worthless if there's a massive amount of liquidity being added. How do you know what the valuation of something is? It's the classic tide that comes in and all boats go up. So you can't tell me where the top of the valuation is until you can tell me that the Fed's going to stop adding trillions of dollars and start reducing. Then you've got a problem with valuations. Until then, valuation models don't work in this market. Sorry. I know that's what they like to teach at business school. Time to start buying AMD. Look, the time to start buying for me was last week. I mean, two weeks ago, right? So the risk monitor is now yellow. I'm not buying anything anymore. All I'm doing is managing risk. And if I were to buy a new name, I have to sell something else in my portfolio. I'm not committing new capital. So, I mean, AMD certainly looks okay, but it sure is long in the tooth here. I mean, this chart pattern, this chart pattern sort of broken out a long time ago. This doesn't need to be here. And it, it just didn't. But, you know, if it takes out 60, it could get legs. There's no doubt about it. Um, a favorite semiconductor pattern to me is this. Right? There's the same type of pattern as Roku, same type of pattern as Viva Systems. Look at that pattern, then look at now, you've You could tell me the difference. If you guys are paying attention, there's a difference between those patterns. And the difference is that Roku and Viva stayed above the 200-day moving average. But as you can see, Xilinx broke below it and has been trading below it for a while. But it's just recaptured, and I'm looking for that to accelerate higher. So that's a semiconductor name that I like. Okay. Do you guys go long VIX? I don't ever buy VIX. I've never bought VIX. I shouldn't say that. I tried to trade VIX for a while. I committed a lot of time and effort to figuring out how to trade VIX and I couldn't do it. Some people can, more power to them. It doesn't help me. I'd rather short indexes to hedge than own VIX because what was happening to me that really frustrated me on an intraday basis is that the market would crater for a couple hours and VIX didn't move. So it didn't give me any protection, whereas if I had just shorted the small cap index or the Dow against my NASDAQ 100 and and IBD 50 investments, I could have had a perfect hedge. And so that's why I'd rather short the indexes than go long VIX. Thoughts on INO for faded trader, NIO? Uh, what my thoughts there what am I going to do with that I can't help you now the stock's gone right that chart is phenomenal if you already own it well done you know it's in skyrocket mode um, it's in it's in skyrocket mode All right there's just nothing for me to do there but I will say this. Um, I have no interest in owning Chinese companies. So this is a Chinese manufacturer of electric vehicles. I, I just have no interest in Chinese companies. There's, you know, so at the end of the day, my, my answer to you at the end of the day is there's an opportunity cost of money. I have a whole bunch of investments I want to own. I'd rather own companies where I actually trust the financials. I don't know what they're doing in China. I, I can't trust the financials at all. So, if the stock skyrockets, that's great, but to me that's just Momo money. I mean it's people chasing momentum, which is fine. This is the market to chase momentum, but you better make sure you have your risk parameters in line and your stop losses correct. Just added Apple got a lot of AMD for Linda Smith. Good good for you. Those are both good names. All right. I'm going to wrap up here, just swinging through. Yeah, Matt, I already talked about canopy growth. I I hope you heard that. Oh, good. Yeah, you did. Right. The leaps. I'm not expecting anything out of the banks. I don't really care about that sector. Again, opportunity, cost of money. I hope they do well. That would be great for the whole market. I can't imagine how they're doing well in the economy and yield curve situation. So I don't know. How about we decrease the cap gains tax rate? That would be absolutely beautiful politics for dummies. You get it. You get it. Decrease cap gains rate, not increase it. Yeah, break. Okay, uh, Hexo, good for leaps, buy $1 calls. I don't know. I don't know, Hexo. When a stock is that cheap, I just buy the stock itself for me. But all right. SPCE Virgin Galactic. Yeah, I mean the chart looks like it's breaking out here, but again, opportunity cost of money. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make it to my my whiteboard. Okay. Um, thoughts on Snowflake IPO? I don't. I don't have any thoughts on that. I generally. Let me wrap up with this thought real quick. All right. No more questions here. I'm going to wrap up. We're already an hour and 15 minutes into this. Um, I don't buy IPOs. Um, I use algorithms. This is a quantitative investing strategy. Right. And so I use algorithms to tell me when to buy stocks, when to buy markets, when to put capital to work. So the algorithms cannot work unless I have at least six months worth of data. And then I could start figuring out where the probabilities are out there highest and the reward to risk is right for me to put money to work. So I generally let a stock go public, let it trade to Hysteria. It generally sells off for six months. It usually does that because there's a lockup agreement that comes out within three to six months. So more shares hit the market. Then you get that first base that sets up in the first six to nine months, you know, is where the sweet base is set up. And that's where I start going at them. So I might put Snowflake on a list and watch it, but I wouldn't buy it on an IPO. Um, Frank uh, Castle my thoughts on, on on pharma stocks I'm a big fan of the biotechs and you know m- m- we own the biotech index right now IBB you know is for conservative portfolio BIB which is twice the biotech index for aggressive portfolios and Illumina ILMN is our favorite biotech uh, name um, but I, I I don't know if that helps you you know VRTX is a good company um, uh, okay Jasmine last question you get the last question Jasmine all right Tony Tony T I'll answer this question does the Fed buy debt of companies incorporated in Canada like mag silver no I'm fairly certain they don't do that but that's okay. I mean, the Fed's buying debt. It puts the whole market up. It doesn't have to be um, buying debt of mag silver. And okay. So Jasmine, um, I get an armor, a new armor insider. What, uh, what's your advice for them to buy now? You said you stopped buying. So. uh... Okay. So you're asking me, what do I say for a new armor member? So if I have somebody who becomes an armor insider today, which I no doubt there will be, and they say, what do I do now, Brett? I have to tell them, guys, I'm not putting money to work now. You have to wait for the next cycle. That's what I tell them. If they say to me, because that's ideally what you have to do, I don't know what the market's going to do next, and I don't want to be paying up for the market. I don't want to chase. Now, if somebody wants to do it on their own, and they're going to not listen to me and chase anyway, then I say, look at the Armour portfolios. You can see where we bought stocks right? So an armor insider, go to the armor.com website, A-R-M-R report.com website, okay? And go to the portfolio page. You could see the stocks to be added and the prices we paid. If the price is within 5% of where it's trading today, theoretically, it could still be added because the stops are still legitimate, okay? If it's more than 5% above what we added, it's it's gone, you know? And so, my my thoughts for somebody new are you don't have to be there for this cycle okay the market goes through cycles if you're late if you're carrying a lot of cash don't rush what's the rush just be patient let the market run then it'll peak out then it'll pull back then it'll sell off then it'll set up a whole other entry point and that's when you get when you get started that's my thought There's no way around it. Chasing the market is dangerous. So if someone says, well, I want to do it anyway, then I say, fine. Make sure you don't commit 100% of your capital. Put 50% of your money to work, recognizing that you're buying at a higher level, taking more risk. So you can't put this amount of capital to work. So that would be my other response. If someone said, I want to do it anyway, I don't want to miss the markets going up. Uh, Okay, let's take half of the capital. Find the names that are in the Armor portfolios that are still close to entry points, put the money to work, hold half the cash, half the capital in cash, in a in a recognition that there's more risk the further away you get from the entry price. That's a great question to end on. I hope you all have a great weekend. And I'll see all you Armor Insiders in the Slack room bright and early, eight thirty Monday morning. Take care, guys.